Welcome to College Q&A. I'm Justin Myrick, and recently my son Drake said I need new intro music. So let's do this. Hey Dad, how about some college questions? Let's hear them. Let's hear them. Welcome to the latest edition of College Questions. I'm so glad you guys are listening in. I am really excited about today's question, why do habits matter? I'm also excited about our guest today. Our guest with us is a man that I met many years ago, and he's always been encouragement to me. He serves as an adjunct professor at Arkansas Tech University, also got his master's of communication there as well. He's a pastor of the pastor at New Life Church in Clarksville, Arkansas, and so so thankful to have you on the podcast today. Please welcome Nathan King. Nathan, thanks so much for being on the podcast. DJ, thanks for letting me be on here and hanging out today. And I got it's a little weird calling you DJ because I called you Justin for like seven years, and then <laughs> I know, man, it's it's weird, and I, I like it's funny because I think in college people started joking, with, and I've just kind of adopted it. I I do like it. It's yeah. fun. So it's just funny how that. Well, you're a podcaster now, so DJ's part. It makes sense. Yeah, That's right. right. Well, man, uh, I appreciate you. I really do. You've always been a big encouragement to me, and I've always enjoyed just talking with you uh, when we do get to talk. And uh, I am curious, you know, where where do you do with this? You know, why why do habits matter? I mean, obviously we know, and and I'm sure people are going to agree and disagree what are healthy habits and unhealthy habits. And sure, but certainly we recognize in life that we all have habits. Yeah. So Nathan, why why does that matter? Well, I uh, I came to this probably backwards because I had a lot of bad habits and uh, in my early life. My wife would certainly attest to that if she was hanging out with us here today, probably. <laughs> but I, I, I snagged her anyways, even with all the bad habits. But I believe now, you know, that I got some years on me. I just turned the big four zero back in September. Congrats, man. And thank you. We're but both be- in our 40s now, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I believe great habits lead to a great life. That if you if you want to live in, in the full potential of what God has for you, you want to surround your life with great habits. You want to, that that's the foundation for how to how to have the life that you want and the life that I believe God wants for you. I like to mm-hmm. say, you know, that that God has a really great story in mind for all of us and our habits are like what fill those pages up with the stuff that mm-hmm. he wants us to live. So, and habits honestly, I think you know, we live in a, in a day and time when people are so hung up on this idea of personal freedom and liberty and doing whatever they want to do. And that mm. looks so many different ways. There's <laughs> as many yeah. people as there are as ours that looks. And, but I think the habits equal freedom, actually. Like mm. if you revolve your life and build your life on some really strong habits, it actually frees up a lot of your mental strength mm. and, and resources to have the freedom to do other things and pursue other things. That's good. Can we, I would love, what, how would you define a habit? Like just to, clarity on this what what would you say habit is what at, at the fundamental level a habit is a pre-made decision it's a okay. choice you've already made nice and is it so, so it's a choice that i and i'm thinking out loud we so it because I, I love this discussion because i feel like oftentimes there's things we do repetitively mm-hmm. yeah. and we don't realize we're doing it yeah like i have a bad habit of biting my fingernails <laughs> yeah right yeah and yeah. and and what's hilarious is over the years, like I've tried to make a goal of make a decision to not do that. Yeah. So obviously I want to get into like that, but I, but, um, 
I just wanted to kind of ask you like, what is that? Cause I think it's good for listeners to hear like, we're talking about something that I've made a decision to do mm-hmm. and that I'm repeating to do. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's things that you do in your life that are good for you. And yeah. then there's things that are not good for you. Absolutely. And so, um, man, I appreciate that. That's good. Um, all right. So, so how do we recognize between those two things? Like, what do you know? You know, you, how do I know if I'm, if it's something that's beneficial to me or if it's hurting me? Yeah, I, uh, I think that boils down to several different things. Um, you know, I like to have what we call a theology of habits, like a, a good theology for habits, obviously, obviously as a pastor. And for me, that's Romans 12 too. Okay. You know, do not conform to the pattern of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and mm-hmm. you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And, um, there's a lot in that, but basically, you know, you hear that word pattern to me, that's habits. Mm. Habits are something you repeat. It's a pattern. Mm. Um, it talks about transformation, which is the idea of change and renewing, which is just making something new all over again. Um, in other words, if, if we want to have God's will active in our life, we want to pursue the life God wants for us. We need to have good habits because, uh, having godly habits helps us determine the direction for our life. Mm. Um, I think, especially in the church world, I think we're way too over prone sometimes to like over spiritualize bad habits. Like the mm. devil, classic, the devil made me do it kind of mentality, mm. but sometimes you just have bad habits. Like, mm. oh, the devil didn't make you sleep in. You just <laughs> stayed up too late playing Fortnite or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great observation. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. I like that. So, um, there's a lot to this, and, and I love the way that the Lord designed us, our minds, our, our souls, the way it all works together, because I feel like the psychology of habits and, un, and an understanding of that sets us up for success in the most important areas of our life. Mm. Uh, so going all the way back to your nail-biting thing, you know, there's a great book that came out, I think in 2019, maybe maybe before that, a fellow named James Clear. Okay. Um, it's called Atomic Habits. Um, I, I've... You know, I've been doing a deep dive on habits for a long time, but this is probably my favorite book on this subject. Okay. He takes this idea of habit building and and understanding habits and boils them down to just like the small little levels, hence the the title Atomic Habits. But he put this more clearly than I think anybody else have come across when it comes to understanding how you create habits. He talks about this habit loop. All right. Yeah. Tell me about that. Cause I, 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 you sent me your notes from, you know, I knew you taught on this and Mm -hmm. that's why we, when I sent you, Hey, here's a couple of questions we could pursue. You, one of them had the word habit or something and you, you immediately were like this one. Yeah. Cause obviously it's something you've been learning about and growing in and studying for a long time. And I saw this habit loop and I'm curious, tell, tell me more and tell our listeners more about what is this habit loop? Yeah, it's just the habit loop is the idea that these are the, these are the ways or this is the way that your habits work. What kickstarts something uh, from the moment you're first introduced to it to turn it into a habit, something that you put on repeat. So like you you and your fingernails. Um, mm-hmm. And you know the way James Clear explains it is you ha- you start with a cue. A cue is just something that triggers that habit loop. Um, a cue can be a smell, it can be a sound, it can be something you see. Uh, all kinds of different things can be a cue. And um, one that I think is uh, uh, relatable, especially in our community, um, and just if you know anybody that's been hung up in this stuff in the past, they're like gambling. Mm. You know, people, I, I've known people who were like crazy addicted to like slot machines. They'll drive over to yeah. where that stuff is available. And um, it's the sound for them, mm. it's a cue the moment they hear. And they don't even have to be, mm. you know, at a casino or whatever. Yeah. They could be somewhere else where they hear something similar, and it's mm-hmm. that cue 
you know, it, it gets their brain going. Well, what, what the cue does is it triggers the next part, which is the craving. And the craving is actually, it's the second part of this habit loop, but it's the most powerful part of the habit loop. Because what the craving does is it jumpstarts anticipation. Anticipation mm. for this event that you're about to participate in. And, you know, that's driven by neurochemistry and stuff, dopamine. Um, it drives the behavior, in other mm. words. And it's actually even more powerful than the cue to begin with. And we see this right from the very beginning, you know, in the Bible. Uh, you know, Adam and Eve were dropped in the garden. They were living off what God put there. And so when the enemy comes along, he, he does deceive them. Uh, concerning the fruit, what does it say? It says, Eve saw that the fruit mm. was pleasing. Mm. Man, like immediately, right out of the gate, mm -hmm. she gets this craving for what's going on. Yeah. You know, David, you look at the way he fell uh, and made his big mistake on the roof there in mm -hmm. kingdom. He was on the roof doing things he shouldn't have been doing. He saw Bathsheba, and he began to crave her. Mm -hmm. um, Nehemiah, the guy who helped rebuild Jerusalem, he desired fortified walls. You know, craving, desire can motivate us for good or for bad. And so that's why it's so important to uh, you know, to understand the things you're putting into your mind, to understand what you're doing in your life, to to take like stock or inventory or whatever of the cues you have you have mm. in your life. Sometimes it helps to have somebody help you do that, but because um, desire is driven by dopamine, and dopamine is basically habit fuel. It's this internal trigger that tells your body, "Hey, we're probably building a new habit here." Mm -hmm. It's that second part of that loop. Yeah. Dude, dopamine is a fascinating thing that I've been learning about. I first got exposed to it when I was studying pornography and the effects it has on the brain yeah. and then dopamine. So we had uh, Ted Shimmer on the podcast uh, a while back and we did a podcast on how can a person keep their way pure. Yeah. And he wrote a book um, called The Freedom Fight. There's an app that goes with it. But one of the cool things about it is the the study he did on dopamine really blew my mind. and there's a young man that I'm walking with going through that app with right now. And it's just like little five minute videos. You just watch them and you, you know, you come together once a week, you talk about it. Well, it's a fascinating study because one thing that, that blew my mind with this dopamine dump was that they said that the way pornography affects the brain is that it, it creates those insane amounts of dopamine mm -hmm. to where everyday things that, cause dopamine's a good God given thing. Right, like, absolutely. so if I'm sitting back on the couch and kids are in bed and I get some mint chocolate chip ice cream, like, and I'm feeling good, like that's a small dump of dopamine, right? That's, that's right. a good thing. Yeah. So, but there's also like the things of the world that can hijack that and create yeah. unnecessary amounts of that. Th th this is what's crazy. The reason why so many people who are addicted to pornography and have a habit of pornography is that it really is a brain thing yeah. and the dopamine, it creates so much in that moment that they can't enjoy the everyday things that would normally give them rewards. Like right. normally they would, they would feel good about having conversations with people or, yeah. or going for a run or whatever it is that you get those small dopamine dumps from. Yeah. It kills all that. Right. So the only thing that their brain can function with dopamine and rewards is pornography. I was like, dude, that was crazy to me. Yeah that when we talk about habits, there's potential that if we're not careful, there are certain habits that can hijack your entire life. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, that, that absolutely got my attention that, that there is a chemical brain function with this whole thing called habits. Yeah. And when you bring up Romans 12, one, I appreciate you 
bring, I mean, that, that there's so much in that you're right. I mean, it, and, and I've never even thought about it until recently, like the power of the brain and the way God designed it. Yeah. And the, man, it's, it's a pretty powerful thing. So man, I, I love the, the study and just thinking about dopamine and that's a real thing, man. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. And, and that, uh, so, so you have a cue that we've talked about and okay. the craving, which is that dopamine driven uh, part, which takes us to the third part, which is what most people think of when they think of habits, which is the response. You know, you have a cue, uh, you yeah, have some yeah. kind of trigger, you have a craving, and then you respond to that, which is, you know, that's your casino person or the pornography habit or you biting your fingernails. That's, you know, mm-hmm. the response is the actual action. It's what's being done. Um, you know, I know you've got, you know, uh, half a dozen kids or so like me and mm-hmm. <laughs> how many of you guys have three we have four four, four kiddos yeah. yes sir. team four yay. yeah that's right so uh y- you know when yours are little when they're babies especially if they cry and you pick them up you're teaching them that when they cry you will pick them up like yeah. that's the response and it's a response for both of you hey i can cry mom and dad will pick me up yep. um or you know you pick them up and they stop. Oh man, if I pick them up when they're crying, they stop. It's a habit both ways. That response is what we think of and anything, anything can become a habit that follows this pattern. And, um, which takes us to the last one, which is that reward. In the example of picking up a crying baby, the reward is the baby stops crying Mm -hmm. and that's a reward for you or they got picked Mm -hmm. up, which is the reward for them. Uh, it's uh, you know it's our caffeine hit if we're addicted to Starbucks. Um, it's um, you know that that momentary gratification we get if we give into something like pornography, mm-hmm. um, whatever. Any of that can can be a reward. And powerful, the most powerful addictions, the most powerful habits are built when we tap into the reward centers of our brain. Mm. Uh, you know, you think about. Uh, another brain chemical, endorphins. Endorphins mm. are something your body is rewarded for, uh, rewarded with for working out. Mm. Like I go ride my mountain bike, I get done. I mean, I'm full of endorphins. It makes me want to do it again. That's a response. I mean, mm. a reward for that habit, and so it makes me want to do it again. We call that a healthy. Uh, is there what? Yeah, that would be a healthy habit. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because that's what I was wondering. You know, part of so much of what we talked about so far, from biting my fingernails to pornography, obviously a much more serious thing, um, to whatever, a lot of them are bad, bad habits. And so, and I, and I'm curious, you know, there's two things going on in my mind. Number one, identifying I have a bad habit. Cause I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. Like when it comes to biting my fingernails, sometimes I'll do it. Like I don't even realize it's happening. Yeah. It's like the seasons of life where I was like, you know, I made a commitment and I, like actually about a year ago I did and I grew my fingernails out Well, I was like having to use fingernail clippers. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, my nails were getting long enough where I had to like, man, I've got to, I do jujitsu, you know, yeah, like yeah, my yeah. thing is like, you can't have, yeah, your son trains. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, you don't want to have, you don't want to be the guy cutting people with your fingernails. Right. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. I'm, I'm that guy. I got to cut some fingernails. <laughs> but then next thing I know, I was like, I don't have any fingernails anymore. Like what happened? <laughs> Dude, how do I, yeah. how do I recognize, like, how do you know? What what's going on there, man? Because you know what I'm saying. It's like you have yeah. bad habits that yeah. you don't even know are happening. Yeah. How do I recognize? Is it is it putting people in my life to help me with that? That I'm that I'm in a community that can help me see. Hey, by the way, and you know we're talking about something light with fingernails, but obviously there's much more serious things in life. How do you a recognize when there's a bad habit present to help you identify? Because sometimes it's kind of like a blind spot. You may not yeah. even know it's there. Man, I think I think a lot of it is a blind spot. 
especially where our bad habits are concerned. And, uh, you know, kind of this follows along with this idea of this loop. Um, your brain doesn't separate these things into these four parts that we've talked about. Mm. It stores them in this loop, and it can't differentiate from any of the different sections. Wow. So if it's the craving, your body automatically assumes that's the response. It's all the same. Mm. It's, uh, you know, you, your habits are stored in a part of your brain called the basal ganglia. It's like, um, I see you're a Lego guy. You got some Legos on the yeah, desk over there. My kids love Legos. It's sort of like the difference between picking up a block or picking up a finished model. Um, your body, your brain stores habits in the basal ganglia, and it's that whole model. It's not the individual uh, blocks. Okay. And so you need to find a way to identify, is this a good chunk? Is this a good model? Is this a bad model? That, that's the only way really to oh, determine. Wow. So you got to have somebody that could speak into you and, and warn you about this. Uh, you know, you got a great wife. I got a great wife. I, mm. I I'm pretty sure your wife is unafraid to tell mm. you when you got so bad. For sure. I know my that's mom right. told me one that's this morning. Exactly. So. <laughs> that's awesome. She was like, you got your headphones on too much last night. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's good, man. That's right. That's called marrying up, man. You want to marry right. a woman who can call you out. Yeah. That's good. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Another way to think about this, uh, this habit retrieval thing, you know, if you're like an, if you play an instrument, uh, like guitar, I love to play guitar. When you learn to play guitar, you have to learn all the little pieces, but then 20 years later, you're not thinking about all the little pieces. Your brain just jumps to the moments where you play like whole chords, you're putting things together and suddenly it's whole songs and stuff mm. like that. Or, you know, you've had to teach your kids how to tie shoes. We're still mm. working on it in mm. my house too. And, um, you have to teach them those little individual m movements in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But man, when they're teenagers, if they're still having to do the individual movements, we might need to go <laughs> get mm. some help or something. That's cool. So habits over time, I mean, in a good way, like tying our shoes, it, you, you're able to do those without thinking about it. Yeah. But in the it, beginning, like even, so what I'm hearing you say is even, cause that was my next kind of phase to my brain where I was going is that recognizing bad habits, having someone in my life who can call me on it. B, we all need healthy habits in our life. So I can recognize, I need to, I need to put some effort into thinking about that. And what's, yeah. what's non-existent in my life where I, I need to, to put this habit into my life. And then how does that begin to take place? And what I'm hearing you say is in the beginning, it's kind of baby steps mm -hmm. in the beginning. You are having to think about it a little more. Yep. Like, so if, um, you know, then that, that's, I think that's encouraging um, in the sense that it might be hard in the beginning, but over time, if you stick with it, it, it does become more second nature. Yeah. How, how long do you feel like um, will it take to, you know, I've heard different things about yeah. this, you know, how yeah. long does it take to implement a, a habit? Yeah. I, you know, I've read so many conflicting things. Um, and uh, I think some of the most recent stuff I've seen is that there's, there's not really a determined, mm. you know, a determined amount of time or whatever. Different because, for everybody. You know, I, well, you know, I've even done some work. Well, you probably have too with people who have overcome like chemical addictions and things yeah. like that, drugs or alcohol or whatever. And some of those people, it took them a while to build that habit. Mm. Some people, they're hooked from the word go. Mm. Uh, habits are just different for different people because our brains are different. That makes sense. You know, they're wired similarly. They operate similarly, but the, individually, they're mm. very different. And I think when it comes to 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 habits. We, we need to be really intentional about them. And I like to say that you have to make the decision before the decision makes you. Mm. Because that's what a habit is. A habit is a predetermined choice. Um, and so there's there's got to be a motivation behind why you want to change or why you want to identify these habits or whatever. And 
you know, we split these up into three categories. There's like an outcome change. You know, you decide, I'll, you know, I want to lose weight. That's an outcome mm-hmm. change. Or there's a process change, which we know people, we probably live this way too sometimes. Like I want to eat healthy, you know, mm-hmm. so you get a diet or whatever. Everybody seems to do that, you know, in January with mm-hmm. re- resolutions and all that. Like yeah. I want to be healthy. I want to exercise, whatever. And then there's identity change, which isn't the I want to eat healthy or I want to um, go exercise. Identity change is like I want to be a healthy person. I want mm. to be a person who's fit. I want to mm. be a person who lives in freedom, whatever. And of these three, um, 20 years now of research has proven that identity change is by far the mm-hmm. most successful, which I think is in, is incredibly encouraging for you and I mm. as followers of Jesus because – He's all about changing our identity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what what That's he does right. in our lives, and and uh, I think the, so. So, kind of moving back towards your question, to take us the, the way that we want to go is we want to acknowledge an aspirational identity. Mm. We want to say like, this is the person that I want to become. This mm. is who I want to be. And for you and I, that's man, it's followers of Christ. It's you know Galatians yeah. five one. Uh, you know uh, Jesus Christ has set us free to live a free life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to me how much. That is a, that is a, uh, a an interesting observation because there is so much scripture that I find it interesting. Like in the New Testament, how much the authors were writing to their audience and affirming who they were yeah. in Christ. Yeah, you know, if you think about the Book of Galatians, where he's that's such an interesting book because Paul's tone isn't like any other. He's really upset with them. Yeah, you know, as he's like, you know, look. If I were with you, I would change my tone. I have a feeling it would be a very intense conversation. His voice would have been raised. Mm-hmm. It would have been very in-your-face type of conversation. And, you know, who bewitched you, you foolish Galatians, you know, this. But yeah. the crazy thing to me is even in the midst of all that, he's affirming that they are children of God. Yeah. This is why I'm so passionate about you, you know, understanding what I'm trying to communicate to you. Yeah. And in other books that, that he's, you know, it's a different. It's a love, more loving tone, mm-hmm. which, which okay, it's still love, by the way, to, in Galatians. But it's just a different tone. It's right. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. You, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. But um, but it's amazing to me how many times. What's the one? Um, oh, First John, right? Um, First John. Uh, no, no, no. How great is the love? No, what's the? Uh, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Yeah. Is that First John? 3? Man, my wife is the Bible quoter. Okay, well, you she can would, ask her. Well, I, yeah. but but that verse, like, even the fact that he didn't have to say, he could have just left it there, but comma, and that is what we are. Yeah. I mean that that's. Yeah. There's so much emphasis of our identity, and so that is interesting because if I think about you know what are the habits in my life understanding who I am is going to do two things. I think if I'm understanding, if I'm reminding myself who I am every day, it helps me identify the habits which are sinful and and not helpful to my life and are taking me down a dark road. But also it's inspired me to think about good habits and healthy habits. They're going to help me grow my relationship with Christ, grow as a, as a husband, as a daddy, as a pastor. Yeah. It inspires all those things. So that's really, cause if I just focus on like a specific thing, like, um, you know, okay, I want to read my Bible more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a great habit. Yeah. But what I love about the direction you're going is, okay, why? Yeah. Why do you want to do yeah. that? If I, if it, if the core of it is my identity and I'm understanding of who I am, it's going to drive me to want to do that for the, I think, long lasting reasons. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. it's going to change it. That's really cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. Can I talk like about it. that for a second? Yeah, yeah. please. So, uh, and we don't have time for me to tell my whole story on here today, but, um, 
man, I started reading the Bible when I was 12 years old, long time ago now, almost 28 years ago. And um, so uh, I, I would read it at night. And I did that for years. Actually, did it for a couple of decades. Wow. And then, you know, as a parent and, you know, a man with lots of responsibilities and that sort of thing, life changes. I realized I needed to, to flip this because what I was getting was the best part of my day spiritually at the end of my day. Mm. And, and you know, lots of people uh, would have told me years ago, do this in the morning, and I would have listened, but I was more of a night owl back then. Yeah. So I decided to flip it and started doing it in the morning, but I needed some help because it was hard mm. for me. So I needed a new a new habit around this thing that I'd already been doing for yeah. over two decades. Um, so how did that happen? Yeah, I, well, I, I understood that you know if I want to be this guy, there's an aspirational identity. My, you know, I tell my my friends all the time, my big dream in life is to be faithful. Well, I believe the Bible is the number one way to help me do that. It's mm. my you know it's my instruction manual. So how can I get this habit in? Um, the first part of of building good habits or, or what we call be behavior change is to make it obvious. Like you have to, you have to see it. You have to see this thing that, that instigates this habit that matches that cue part of that mm-hmm. loop. Right. For me, it was this simple. I put my Bible on a shelf that I walk by every morning. That's cool. That was it. That, that made it obvious. So, you know, here's what my routine looks like kind of in the mornings. Now I get up, uh, you know, really early, um, I go drink two cups of coffee because nobody on earth deserves mm. to have to put up with me before at least two cups. <laughs> and then I go sit down and do some writing um, just because I want to, you know, shake yeah, all the cobwebs yeah. loose and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And then I go back to that table that I walked by twice already. I and pick up this big black Bible that I got and I go sit down in my chair and read that's it. That's awesome. Because um, I made it obvious. Uh, the second part of that is uh, is making it attractive. You know, you make it obvious, and then you make it attractive. You make it something you want to do, something mm-hmm. you'll desire to do, yep. fitting with that loop. Um, so this is what I did to help me. I, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm a father. I'm a teacher. I'm all the time wanting to sit down with people like this and have conversations. Um, so I've done that stuff for years. But I wanted to take something with my with my time in the Word of God, and how could I create something that way outlives me, way outlasts me. Mm. So I bought this Bible that's um, it's called an interleaved journaling Bible. Okay. Every other page is blank. And what I do is every morning I read one page in my Bible, and that's it. I read one page, I'm highlighting some verses that stick out at me, and then on that blank page I write that verse again, kind of break it up, you know, like us nerdy mm-hmm. pastor guys do, write some stuff about what I think it means, but I spend the last half of that page writing notes about it to my son. Oh, that's cool. And so... I figured it's going to take me about two years to work through the whole Bible doing this. At the end of the two years, I have a Bible that's for my son that's, that's full rude. of my what notes is that? For him. Okay, so it's interesting you say this because a student just the other day, she brought a Bible in to our leadership meeting, and I know it's a big Bible. I said, oh, that's a cool Bible, you know, but it was a hardback. I was like, and she's like, yeah, and, and it was this. What did you yeah. call it? It had blank pages yeah. like this. An interleaved uh, journaling Bible that's awesome. or study Bible. This is really call. cool. I love yeah. that. That is such a cool, whoever created yeah. that is, that is awesome. That's amazing. That and is, I, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I started during the pandemic. Nice. Okay, yeah. so you're about a year in then. Yeah, I'm halfway which through. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's, man. Yeah. That's and so, really neat. So, so because of the way I'm doing it, I'm only doing it, you know, I read one page at a time. I'm not going like from beginning to end. I'm jumping around. I read, um, I, you know, 
day one I started in Genesis. Day two I started in the writing, so I started with Psalm or with Job. Yeah. And then day three I started in the New Testament. Okay. So yeah, every so third just, day I'm in yeah. a new spot, and That's cool. I just finished uh, I finished Psalms this week and started Numbers. But I like Proverbs. what you're saying because it's like the attractiveness of it. I I was wondering where like I was trying to understand where you're coming from, and I get it, like it. I'm hearing that it is something that makes you excited to be a part of it. Yeah. Like that's something that you're inspired to do because it's beyond just you even. Right. I mean, someone else is going to be blessed by yeah. this. Well, my aspirational identity is to be that guy who's, who was faithful to his, awesome. his family, his church, his, his kids, his wife, my friends. And so I'm, I'm doing my devotion to give me something to hand to somebody throughout my day, but I'm also doing it to write something that my son can read in 20 years and be reminded of the way his dad tried to teach him how to live. That's to me, awesome. that there's nothing more attractive uh, than that when it comes to, to the intentionality behind it. So, um, what, you know, so we've talked about making it obvious and making it attractive. The third part of, of changing behavior is to make it easy for yourself. Okay. Because we are hardwired to drift towards the path of least resistance. I think you've worked with college mm-hmm. students. I did for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I still do as a teacher, but mm-hmm. people, adults, whatever age you are, you, you want the easy path. Yeah. And so, um, we have to, this is this is kind of a unique one. We have to strike a, a balance. It's sometimes hard to find when we're building habits because if it's too easy, it's boring. Yeah. If it's too hard, it's impossible, mm. and we will quit. Um, so, so that's why I'm, I mentioned it a moment ago. I make it easy. I read one page a day, one page. Uh, and for me, you know, there's there's different reasons for why I read one page besides just making it easy. Um, you know, I've been reading the Bible now for 28 years. I'm not necessarily reading it to try to cram more information into my brain. Mm. I'm like looking for my instructions for the day. Mm. And so I, I approach my Bible reading habit and say, um, what today can I take and do with this? Like I mm. even write a question at the bottom of the page. Like, That's awesome. man, how can I l- go live this or share this mm. or give something away from this to somebody today? Do you do that every time you write down the question at the end? Yeah. yeah I yeah. like that. Yes, yeah, the bottom. That's the last thing on the page every for each that's one of these pages. Awesome. Yeah. That's really so, cool. It's challenging sometimes, you know. There's yeah. some <laughs> yeah. Leviticus is not an easy book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh what's well, funny cuz I started a new habit recently. You know, it's it's interesting because out of all the podcasts we've done, the the number one theme I would say that runs through all the questions is that read the Bible. Yeah. And also, equally, it's very difficult to do that. There's the, Okay, it's not difficult, but there we tend to as people have a really hard time doing that. Yeah, because people make and it too hard. Yes, yeah, so I think it's interesting. Uh, so I started a new habit because the way our household works, well, you know, things get going at 6, 6.30. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, um, you know, sometimes you can have an abrupt wake up. You know, you got four kids, you know, and it's so and the next thing, you know, like 30 minutes has gone by and I'm having my first thought for the day. I'm like, wait, what? what is even <laughs> happening right now? Like you're just yeah. a zombie walking yes. around. So I started a new habit today. No, I may have, did I do it yesterday? I can't remember. This is my life right now. But I know I've, it's happened, I think twice that I wake up and I realize that my pace of life, like you, it was like happening and everybody's different. And, you know, you just want to get in the word, but in some way, shape or form, you have to start your day with the right mindset. Right. So, you know, it's up to each person's got to be spirit led on when, when during the day, are they going to spend a significant chunk of time and God, okay, that's fine. But at some point I don't want to live, like you said, you're like, man, I was living my whole day. I mean, I kind of want to reverse that. So there's wisdom in saying, I got to start with the right mind. So even though I know that practically I can't wake up and um, I could wake up earlier, I think that, that I don't think that was in the cars for me right now. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so what I can do is, 
open my phone and open the Bible and hit play. Like I'm trying to read through the Bible right mm-hmm. now. So just hit play. And then I put it in my pocket and I just carry it around. Cool. So wherever I go, whether I'm doing dishes or yep. helping a kid yep. get ready for school or taking trash the road or going to get the chicken eggs, like whatever's yeah. going on, the Bible's playing. Yeah. Am I hearing all of it? No, but it, but I'm hearing some of it sure. and, and it's getting my, as life is happening, it's, it's, yeah. this is really cool. It's a new thing I'm trying. Uh, you know, I'd be interested to follow up like a year from now and see, but I, I think I'm going to keep doing that. I, I yeah. like, it's fun. It's exciting. It's attractive. To, like all these things you're mentioning. I'm it's easy. It's interesting. Cause I'm, 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 I'm looking at it with the lens of just starting something yeah. new Yeah. and, and it makes sense. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, that's cool. I appreciate you sharing this because it's really neat. Yeah. And I want to stick with it because now, will there be other times of the day that I want to read it? Yes, and all that. But just the fact that it gives me freedom. I mean, technology is that neutral thing, right? It can be mm-hmm. used for good or that's evil. Right. But that's a cool way I can utilize technology to help me start my day right, to get in the Word, to have mm-hmm. the Word being read to me. And yeah. I really like the way the guy reading the NIV, the Bible app, you know, the yeah. NIV version. Yep. I don't know who that guy is, but I really like that guy's voice. Yeah, he's like it. Just I just it just could listen to it for days. So it, I do, awesome. and that's that's fun. That's, that's really neat. Cool. My wife does that too. She's a listener like that, and she listened to it for a long time. And and you know what? For anybody who might be listening to this, who who struggles with reading and stuff, because this is such an, a fundamental habit to our Christian life. My father in law, he had a real, he had a lot of difficulty with reading. Um, he came to faith late in life, mm. just a few years before he passed away, actually. Wow. And he never wanted a smartphone. He liked his dumb phone. He was really proud of it. Yeah. Uh, but he wanted the, to get the Bible in him, so he bought a tablet just to, and just put the just Bible so on can, it so he yeah. could listen to it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's so, I, I recommend it. I absolutely. like it. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, you and I, who, who we, I don't like this word, but I'll use it anyways, we consume a lot of Scripture because of what we do in life. Mm. Um, which is, you know, part of our role we play here in the big picture. But uh, we we don't want to just do it for our jobs. We got to do it for us too, and for our mm-hmm. families, and for the people who look to us for help and leadership and all mm-hmm. that. So it's really important to make this habit easy, you know, for for DJ for Nate, mm-hmm. not just the part we're studying for a message we're going to give or whatever. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah. that's good. I had a buddy of mine one time, and he was struggling because he felt like the only time he was getting in the Bible was to prep for something. Yeah. And that was really sad. He was really wrestling with that. That's a tough way to live. Yeah. 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 Well, there's lots of things that can become easy that you can make easy. And I'm a big John Acuff fan. I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, he writes, he's a Christian guy who writes a lot about productivity in the workplace and stuff like that. And he's got a great book talking about uh, how, how to finish the goals you set out. And one of the things I loved about what he mentioned in this book is he was talking about giving yourself permission to be bad at stuff. Mm. Um, and so we're not talking about like sin and that kind of thing, but like on a performance level, don't don't aim for perfection, mm. like aim to get going, start moving in the right direction. And this how this pertains to habits is so important because we want to make things easy. That's how we begin building a new habit. Um, so, so like if it's fitness, if your aspirational identity is you want to to be healthy, mm. you know, or you're going to be healthy, but you don't exercise, then you got to make it easy. So don't try to go to the gym, get a trainer who's going to make you do mm. like leg, back, and yeah. arm day, you know, five times a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get in your floor and try to do a push up. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I, there was a story in one of the books about this. The guy talked about he wanted to be healthy. He didn't have what it took to walk into the gym yet. So all he would do, he would lay out his gym clothes on his dresser. 
the night before we went to bed. He'd wake up in the morning, he'd put them on, he'd go drive her to the gym and sit in the parking lot. That's all he did. He sat in the parking lot for two minutes. He did that for two months, man. And then he was like, I'm here. I might as well go in. And he started working out. Oh, that's and That was like 10 years ago. There you go. Yeah. And that's so, wild, man. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but just the way that, that our minds work, you establish a habit. And this gets into some other stuff I don't know if we have time to talk about today called habit stacking where you layer things mm. and um, they all begin to work together. Mm. And, you know, like for me, it's that, you know, one of my aspirational identities, I want to be a writer. Or I am a writer, so I wake up and write. Mm. Um, and I layer that with my exercise and my Bible reading and my coffee. And no, it makes sense, kind of man. I think habit, I've noticed, so I've told people a long time, and we've had a podcast about, you know, why, how does the physical connect with spiritual and I think to some degree, everybody has that connection. I think for me, it's in large part. So if I'm eating healthy and exercising, mm-hmm. like there's great balance in my life. If I'm not doing those things, it's 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 bad. I'm, yeah. I'm in a brain fog. I like yeah. it's hard for me to function and communicate and yeah. and listen. And it's really odd. So that layer stacking that that's interesting to me. You also said something in there. What what did you just say about? Oh man, my my brain. Uh, hold on. What were you saying just in that last statement? Um. I really wanted to, to talk about that. It was something really interesting, <laughs> but obviously my brain can't think of it. Oh man. I, I was don't talking know. about exercise and, and how, if you want to, Oh, exercise. Yeah. We, we, it was the, uh, that's right. It, you, it things becoming easier mm-hmm. and, uh, Oh, giving yourself permission. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> giving yourself permission to fail. Yeah. You know, I, I tell my kids, and you know, they're young, so they're all 10, 8, 6, 40. They're super young, and they try athletic. We, we like, I yeah. feel like our goal, introduce them to things, whether yeah. it be art, sports, whatever, and, you know, see what they are naturally enjoy and mm-hmm. what they naturally might have a good gifting for. The problem is, I've told them often, hey, if you want to get good at something, you've got to learn to be okay at failing over and yeah. over and over again. Because yep. the people who get good at things do so because they – they've created a habit of embracing failure as a part of success. That is how I do it. Remember that Absolutely. Michael Jordan poster from way back in the day. You know, I grew up, you know, we're, MJ, the, baby, we're, yeah. we're the, we're the Jordan generation. So That's it's right. like, there. why are we even having a discussion about who's the greatest? This is not even, what are we doing? There is no discussion, but I'm exactly, <laughs> but I remember the poster and it was like, you know, I've missed this many game winning shots. And it was this yeah. huge thing about all his failure. And yeah. then at the very bottom, all it said was, and that is why I'm successful. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. So I really think there's a lot of wisdom in when it comes to to healthy habits. I, I appreciate what you're saying because I think so many times we have this expectation like where we can start a habit and it's just going to click and it's just going to roll. There's going to be a lot of bumps in the road on Absolutely. that stuff. And you might miss a day or two. Yeah. And when you do, you got to just remember it and get back yeah. on. And I think about that with running. We got a good friend of mine, Will Berry. You know, he he's a great runner. And um, I remember he, we used to do a training group here in the summer and he always told us and it stuck with me. Too much, too fast, uh, uh, too much, too fast. Well, essentially, there was one more thing in there. Will soon lead to injury. Yeah. This whole point was like, hey, it's great to want to run and get faster, but if right. you if you push yourself too much here, yep. you've got to learn to pace yourself. It's the incremental gains. And so you got to be. Yeah. And so I think, anyway, I appreciate you pointing that out. That hey, you know what? There's there's got to be uh, some embracing of failure here, and that's okay. And I'm with you. We're not talking about like. Hey, it's okay if I, that's, that's not what we're talking. We're talking about, uh, I'm trying some habits and I'm going to bumble and fumble and stumble. But the point is that I'm growing and I'm implementing, I'm working on these things being in my life. Yeah. Well, I think as people of faith, one of the most beautiful things about this idea of failure 
is is not necessarily with our sin, although it sort of somewhat applies because Jesus redeems us of that. But like when we fail at something we're aiming for, you know, people who 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 get this wrong, well, I think what they do is they they um, they accrue and acquire their failures as a load they carry around on their mm-hmm. shoulders that push them or pushes them down throughout their life. But the people who get it right, they take those failures, they let God lay them out in front of them, like they begin to stack mm-hmm. up like stairs. That's awesome. And that's how God takes you where He wants yeah. you to go. That's how you reach the potential you have in what's, Him. What's the verse? Uh, Make every effort then to add to your faith goodness and goodness persevere and it like gives this list of like seven things. It's like it like to me that stack it like the whole point is like we're not we're talking about look like okay you know God now you're not gonna grow just sitting around in the bed you don't just wake up you know the day yeah. you know Jesus having all figures so what hey make every effort to grow in these areas and it's interesting because as you do you're right man I think fruits of the spirit like how interconnected are those. Yeah. Like when, you know, you think about that and yeah. how usually they feed one another. Well, man, and that, I mean, fruits of the spirit, Galatians five, like we were talking is about that a moment ago. Is that what you just ago. said? Cause I told, is the, that what, no, uh, that well, was a different, that was a different thing. Okay. Yeah. But Galatians <laughs> five, that's that you look at that, you know, Paul is addressing habits. Those people were, they were all been out of shape about rules yep. and, and following all these laws and stuff, which were like, you know, spiritual habits that they want to enforce mm. on people. And they want, you know, there's like what 660 something, I think, Old Testament rules or laws and mm-hmm. things that were added by, you know, tradition and stuff. And suddenly they wanted to force feed this on all these new Christians yep. that were Gentiles. Yep. And that's why Paul had to step in and write Galatians. Yep. And Galatians 5 is a, I mean, it is a laundry list of the way habits can go bad. Mm-hmm. And then you have your fruit, the way habits can go when everything goes mm-hmm. well. And it's, I think that's so that's good. Awesome. So important. That's good, man. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I, I, how would you conclude, man? You got you got somebody saying, man, how do I? What do I do with this? I appreciate all y'all are saying, but what, what do I really do with this? What, what, we know it's important. How do I implement healthy habits? How do I kick bad ones? What would you tell them? If you had to sum it up in like a sentence or two, what would you say? I would say you have to know what you want, so you can say no to all the things that want you. Wow. Okay, that's great. Say that again. You have to you have to know what you want, so you can say no to all the things that want you. That's really good, man. So, you know, do you want to be a rock star college student? Do you want to be the person who keeps their scholarship all semester, every semester you're here? Do you want mm-hmm. to be, um, you know, someday you want to be a great husband, mom, whatever? Uh, you need to know what you want. And I, the thing I love so much about my relationship with God is I feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not some kind of like slave to to this one track that he's got me on, that I'm his son, he loves me. You know, the ladies that are listening are just drones, they're his daughter, he loves them. And so he gives us agency to figure these things out. Mm. And and if we have strong in desires in our heart, I believe he puts those there. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously there's there are things in our hearts sometimes that come out that are wickedness and all that, but the good things, the things like that Romans 12 too, we mentioned at the very beginning, yep. when, when our life doesn't follow that pattern, you know, we begin to be able to live out the stuff he put inside of us. That's picking what you want. You know, I decided a long time ago, I'm just going to be a faithful guy. And and uh, when opportunity knocks, I'm going to say yes if it doesn't mm-hmm. jack my life up and, is you know, looks like good things and go for it. And mm-hmm. and Jamie and I have, have had a lot of opportunities to say yes to some things that have increased our responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. But life has been so good because of it. Like, I just have no regrets. That's and awesome, man. I just what, a think, cool, what a cool testimony, man, to be yeah. able to say that. Yeah. Bro, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you. Oh, man, I I really appreciate you coming on, and I really hope 
Um, and I'm learning a lot and, you know, I'm going to remember some of these things because I think that's life, man. It's not like, you know, you, you just turned 40, I'm 41. There's no way at this point in time that I'm saying, I don't, I don't have it figured out. I'm, I'm admitting to you right now. I have bad habits in my life, right? We all. (laughs) And, and so it's not like you just reach a point in life where it's like, oh, habits, I'm good. Right. Like the, the, we have to constantly be learning this because by the way, habits, have you experienced this? We've lived long enough now where we have like decades to look back on. Have you noticed that? Like, yes, you know, yes. you know, you got your 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, do you, I feel like my observation has been, I can recognize habits have shifted and changed over oh, the years. For sure. And if we're talking about spiritually, like Satan can scheme and change his temptations in you and try to implement some bad, unhealthy, sinful habits in different seasons of life. Yeah. And I've got to be aware of that, man. I got to be paying attention. And on the flip side, I've got to be making observations to go, okay, God, I love how you and your, in your practice in in your daily journal and reading and journal that you leave with that question at the end. Yeah. Like, okay, what, what, what's, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. So like that question of, okay, what are God, what are some habits you, what are some things that you'd like me to implement? What are some patterns Mm-hmm. If we're going to, I mean, Romans 12, Yeah. what are some patterns, God, that I need to to pay attention to put in my life? Yeah. That question is something I think, you know, obviously I, I know you will continue to ask. I want to continue to ask. I want to challenge our listeners. Ask that question. God, what are the patterns? You know, is, is there a pattern in my life that A, is dishonoring to you? Will you help me recognize it, admit it, and make some shifts? And also, what are some patterns that you want me to go towards, run after? Yeah. And help me to see that and seek people who I see doing it and to follow their footsteps. And so I, it's really good stuff, man. I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast today. Glad to be here for sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, uh, appreciate it so much. And I hope and pray that everyone listening uh, heard some things that you can take away and really think about and really challenge yourself to consider in your life to recognize habits that are leading you down dark roads, but also um Consider habits that are going to push you towards God, towards loving Him, towards loving the people around you, um, embracing who you are as a child of God and, and the things He's called you to. So thank you guys so much for listening in. Until next time, I'm Justin Myrick, encouraging, all to, encouraging us all to stay connected to church, connected to one another, and most importantly, connected to the God we love and serve. God bless. <laughs>